You're listening to Tech Tank, a bi-weekly podcast from the Brookings Institution, exploring the most consequential technology issues of our time. From racial bias and algorithms to the future of work, Tech Tank takes big ideas and makes them accessible. Thanks for joining our Brookings Tech Tank podcast. I'm Darrell West, Vice President of Governance Studies at the Brookings Institution and co-author with Brookings President John Allen of a book about AI entitled Turning Point, Policymaking in the Era of Artificial Intelligence. AI is generating a lot of interest all around the world. It is a way to spur innovation, develop new products and services, and increase economic development. Many places see it as the engine of economic growth and technological innovation. But there is tremendous variation across local and regional economies in how well-positioned cities are as the AI economy grows. Some metropolitan areas have tremendous assets and lots of AI-related activity, while in others, there is very little activity. Those variations raise interesting questions about which places are doing well and why they are doing well. Studying those questions provides insights into what other places can do to boost their technological innovation and build their local economies. To discuss these important questions, we are pleased to be joined by two distinguished experts. Mark Miro is a senior fellow in the Metropolitan Policy Program at Brookings, where he writes on the interplay of technology, people, and place. And Stefan Liu is a senior research analyst in the Brookings Metro Program and works on how to build inclusive local economies. They are co-authors of a new paper entitled AI Cities, the Geography of the AI Economy. I highly recommend their paper as it is filled with rich data and insightful analysis about artificial intelligence and its impact on metropolitan areas. You can read it online at brookings.edu. So Mark and Savan, welcome to our Brookings Tech Tank podcast. Thanks so much, Daryl. Thank you for having me. So Mark, I'll start with you. A number of people are writing about AI at the national level and assessing what entire countries are doing. The two of you take the distinctive approach of looking at the local and regional economies and how AI is developing in various places across the country. Why the focus on local and regional economies? Well, at Brookings Metro, we're always talking to metro area development leaders. And frankly, we've been hearing a lot of questions last year about AI as all the other things, but also as economic development, about whether it's going to be important, how important it is now, what it will mean for jobs as we try to accelerate the recovery. So it's not surprising they'd be asking. Leaders have observed the further digitalization of everything during the pandemic. This is unavoidable. They've heard promises of radical transformation and, frankly, the hype about AI. So they're frankly kicking the tires and wondering especially what the onset of AI means for their area. And often these are heartland places, mid-sized metros, just always trying to find the next thing and wondering how they fit in, what is attainable, what's practical for them. And But beyond that, there are good economic and technology reasons to look at AI in regional economies. These have been drawn, Sifan and I, and drawn our program in general to looking at subnational economic features. AI, like tech itself and the rest of the economy, is very much a local matter tied to universities grounded in 
you know, local tech ecosystems. To the latter point, the nature and density of local technology really matters with their concentrations of research organizations, STEM workers, finance sources, business associations, and entrepreneurs, all those things that go into a regional cluster. And they're increasingly recognized as key drivers on innovation and growth. So all of the nation's AI activity happens somewhere. It really does. And so we'd best begin to understand that map and understand what's going on. And this is a first look at some of that. So there are a lot of regions we decide to look at cities' levels of AI activity as it varies between places and across the map. I know cities are going to love the data that you have in this uh, paper because they will be able to see exactly what is going on in their particular place and how it compares to uh, hundreds of metropolitan areas all across the country. Safan, one of the things I love about the paper was the tiering of cities and the richness of the AI data that you present. Can you tell us about the methods the two of you used in the report and the data that you analyzed? Why did you focus on those factors and how do they help you understand the geography of AI across U.S. cities? So we use data collected at the metro level on the basis of their core AI assets and capabilities from two dimensions, AI research and AI commercialization. The research activities advance the science of AI, which includes university research and development funding in AI projects, federal contracts in AI-related projects, publications at top AI conferences, and also AI patents. Commercialization activities are those that develop new AI solutions for specific business functions, which include the number of startups that create AI solutions, job postings that require AI skills, which is a proxy for demand for AI adoption across different industries, and also job profiles with AI skills, which reflect AI talent supply in the region. So that's seven indicators across both research and commercialization activities. And we use these indicators to look closely for patterns among places using what we call cluster analysis methodology. So five tiers of regional AI involvement emerged from those data, ranging from superstar, which is the Bay Area, and then early adopters, potential adoption centers, to regions with no AI activities, which we will discuss in more details later. I especially like the fact that you do break these cities down into the various tiers so that different places can see how they compare to others on research capabilities as well as commercialization activities. And so it provides a very complete and comprehensive look at the AI economy. So Mark, you have lots of fascinating results uh, in this paper, but can you give us a quick overview of what you view as some of the more important findings? We drew a few kind of national conclusions and then a number of ones about benchmarking places. And the national findings are contextual and serve to put the metro findings in perspective. These overarching findings confirm that AI is growing fast as a research topic. We know that and it's an industry, but it's still nascent. It's pretty small despite the high profile. And I think in some ways, maybe people think this is a massive industry at this point. It's not yet. 
Along these lines, we conclude, on, on the other hand, that AI R&D expenditures grew by 45% in the last decade and that AI startups quintupled as a share of new technology startups. So this is an emerging theme with no uh, doubt uh, about it, uh, a very impressive growth. And yet, uh, notwithstanding the growth, the overall scale of the AI activity is somewhat less than you might expect. Uh, federal AI R&D spending in U.S. colleges and universities runs to about $2 billion at this point out of U.S. spending in 2018, out of nearly $40 billion. So just 5% of the U.S. total. This is by no means the main thing going on in uh, U.S. research. Likewise, business activity measured through AI job postings quadrupled in the last decade. So that's real. Uh, but those 160000 job in a recent year still account for a tiny fraction of the U.S. labor market, about 10% of IT job postings, about 0.7% of all job postings. So that just puts this in perspective. Uh, you get the picture for all of AI's discussion, potential and massive importance. It's still an emerging industry. So let's not forget that. But turning to the subnational findings, our analyses depict a lot of concentration in a few places. It's the short story, namely the Bay Area and another 13 often coastal, what we call early adopter regions, places like Austin, Boston, L.A., New York, San Diego, Seattle, Washington, D.C. The AI map features the digital rich getting richer in many respects, another major platform technology to their list. Beyond these early stars, we do see a degree of additional diffusion into dozens of other business centers around the country. It's still very early, but that's potentially encouraging for those places. Safan, Mark just noted that you find lots of variation across U.S. metropolitan areas, and there is a lot of activity concentrated in a few places. Why is that an important but problematic feature? AI technology has this tremendous potential for regional economic development. And therefore, the geography of AI activities today, to a certain extent, predicts the growth of productivity and prosperity in the future. So what we are seeing today, this extreme concentration of AI activities in a few places may lead to stark interregional economic gaps in the long run. And that's what we are really concerned about. Mark, in looking at specific cities, you identify two metropolitan areas, San Francisco and San Jose, as superstar AI places with lots of research going on and lots of commercialization of AI uh, taking place. Why are they doing so well? And are there any lessons for other places? Let's fold them together. Let's call them the Bay Area. And just note to start that these places are building on the base of the world's biggest, deepest, most dominant tech ecosystem in the first place. I mean, the Bay Area metro's reign is the nation's dominant center of both AI research and commercialization because they're home to the world's top universities in AI research, Stanford, UC Berkeley. They're home to leading digital companies that invest the most heavily in AI R&D, such as Google, Salesforce, Facebook, and others. They're home to massive computational uh, capacity. That's a not insignificant fact. And they're home to Silicon Valley's famed 
innovation ecosystem with its known clusters of finance actors, technical talent, business service supports, government contracting, knowledge sharing, the whole works. So all of these factors ensure that the Bay Area started way ahead on these technologies and it's dominant at this early emergence stage. And there's another way to see this somewhat more ambiguously with that's to say that in so many respects, the Bay Area is far ahead on AI development as a result of the what we call a winner-take-most dynamic that characterizes not just regional technologies, but platform businesses in general. And in that sense, many would say the Bay Area's dominance on AI development is just the latest example of the digital rich getting richer by leveraging their market domination, reflected in these research budgets, unlimited funds, pools of top talent, and leveraging that into superstar and, and feedback and exponential growth in the next stack. And, and so I think that's something we'll, we, we want to watch. We think that's a potential that you begin to see in this very early data. Safan, there is another tier of cities that includes Seattle, New York, Boston, Washington, D.C., San Diego, Austin, and Raleigh. And they are not doing as many things as Mark just described uh, is taking place in the Bay Area, but they are still doing quite a bit. What are those places doing to build an AI economy? In the report, we call them early adopters. They all have really strong research institutions. And many of these cities are the regional hubs of large tech companies that generate a lot of demand for AI talent and investment. But most importantly, I think these places have been building an ecosystem that systematically foster both AI creation and adoption together with their local universities, large corporations, small firms, and the entire community. So for example, the New York City Economic Development Corporation and the mayor's office created an organization called R Lab in 2018. And the purpose is to accelerate the convergence of AI, or more specifically their augmented reality and virtual reality technology, with the city's already strong entertainment, gaming, and design industries. So R Lab works with local universities to expand the talent pipeline with a lot of AR slash VR education programs and also supports early stage AR startups with workspace and capital. And they also connect large corporations with academic researchers to support their corporate innovation projects. So I think this is a very comprehensive strategy that is a good example of how these early adopter metros uh, build on their existing industry strengths and unify various actors in the community to develop new sources of commercial advantage in their region. Mark, there is a third tier of 87 metro areas with only moderate AI activities. Can you provide examples of those places and what is going on there? These places are especially interesting to us. They help us think about how AI will arrive in the mainstream economy? How will it reshape places that are maybe in the heartland, maybe middle-sized cities or major kind of non-AI regular business cities? And how will AI hit home in those places? And and some of these are big business centers like Atlanta, Chicago, Houston, Dallas, 
or mid-sized cities like Salt Lake, Columbus, Indianapolis, or St. Louis. So we, we call these potential adoption centers because large and middle-sized cities aren't likely going to lead in the creation of vanguard AI technology, at least now, but they might well compete strongly in this adoption of AI to critical use cases in the industries in which their firms compete nationally. Often these places are anchored by big firms and big industries with an urgent uh, need for AI, such as Eli Lilly and drug discovery in Indianapolis or Target in retail in Minneapolis or GM in auto manufacturing in Detroit. So for these places, the best advantage lies in facilitating firms' adoption of AI to drive strong innovation, both through innovation supports and talent uh, initiatives. Let me just say a little about Indianapolis and Louisville. There are two metros that are working very, I think, thoughtfully along these lines. Indianapolis, where we've done some work, led by its strong regional CEO group, the Central Indiana Corporate Partnership, is structuring its strategy around the urgent AI and analytics needs of its two crown jewels, Fortune 500 companies, Eli Lilly and the Life Sciences and Cummings and Manufacturing. CIP is working with those companies in, in philanthropy to develop a joint place-focused investment stance and collaboration hub that will focus on particular applications of interest to these companies, activate and coordinate across the state's three major universities, two of which rank quite high in our readout of university-based research, and then prioritize AI and data science education. This adoption center is moving to organize existing and new research and talent activities so as to accelerate AI adoption in its region. For its part, Louisville, with a quite low ranking on the Brookings benchmarking, has proceeded in, in a very appropriate, different way, having conducted its own AI benching, benchmarking exercise in partnership with my colleagues at Brookings Metro. Louisville concluded that while an immediate AI strategy would be doubtful, a focus on its considerable base of companies specialized in the wider data economy, especially in healthcare and business services, could be beneficial both for the economic development there, but also for economic inclusion. So along these lines, Louisville's published strategy. It's notable that they did a strategy, right? Having a specific strategy informed by real information is, I think, a first step for most places. But in doing this, they've called to marshal their AI-relevant assets and institutions towards a focused, data-driven vision for broadening and diversifying that data and analytics talent pipeline, supporting adoption of AI in their own companies again, and the developing and marketing the Metro's AI niche in the broader region with in parallel with other Metro's in its area, which is an interesting idea. So in common, these potential adoption centers have used data-informed analysis and consultation to develop really differentiated strategies tailored to their individual strengths. And we think that's absolutely critical here. This is such a powerful and uh, challenging economy. Places can't simply try to adopt a single uh, bulletproof approach. They've got to dig down and look at who they are, understand where they sit, and then consider what the right strategy is. That's what we think is needed. 
Sifan, the lowest level included around 150 metropolitan areas where there is no significant AI activity. What is holding those places back? Well, actually, there are more than 200, which is, to be honest, most of the nation's metro areas, which we think there is no significant air activities happening. So many of these metros don't have a major research university, which limits their ability to attract AI talent or attract federal technology investment around. And then their local companies are also not super active in AI adoption. So a lot of this has to do with simply awareness. The business community is either not clear about the benefits of AI or they're just skeptical about investing in AI if they haven't seen anyone doing it in their own community. And then there's the digital workforce. So even though we now have some off-the-shelf AI applications, it still requires a strong digital workforce to apply them in day-to-day business activities. And many of these places simply don't have that. Mark, stepping back from the specific results that we have been discussing, what does your analysis tell us about the role of the federal government in AI development and what the Biden administration should be doing to help local and regional economies build an AI economy? Our data tells us that this is just a really early stage of the AI emergence, and R&D investments are even more important relatively in this area than usual. As Sifan was saying, the presence of a major university is conducting significant AI research, really a life and death issue for many places, you know, and really differentiates the places that will have over a longer term and real possibilities. And on this front, our data suggests that in general, the nation needs to be investing more into AI, and especially for AI for ethical uses and to solve major humanitarian program problems. So more is part of it in general, but the winner take most divergence that we've both talked about that we see emerging in these data really does uh, suggest the need for a different R&D investment strategy. The federal government really needs to break the mold of its standard research funding approaches in which research flows to establish major research one universities exclusively almost and try to push more of that money into new places. It needs to expand the geography of innovation so as to push against the growing divide between the have and have not places and universities in this field. Some of this is happening. Just last month, the NSF announced the establishment of 11 new NSF National Artificial Intelligence Research Institutes, building on seven that were funded in 2020. Many of these will be operated in areas distant from the usual early adopter hubs. So that's an important development, the right sort. Beyond that, uh, Senate legislation in the form of the U.S. Innovation and Competitiveness Act, which garnered 18 GOP votes, I might know, and, you know, really decent possibilities now for further help for new places. Not only would the bill directly and significant R&D and STEM education funding to AI and other emerging technologies, but it contains $10 billion, a $10 billion program to create 10 or so regional 
technology hubs in new places. And, you know, again, a number of these would be tied likely to AI as a theme. So that would be another major investment to help local and regional economies build at more diverse and decentralized AI economies. So we're beginning to move in the right direction, I think, to ensure both the strength of these initial superstar hubs, but also that there are pathways for other places. And I'd like to see the NSF create more of these institutes. Congress pass a massive innovation act to enhance AI in the heartland, and maybe making sure that both R&D money and STEM money flows much more strongly to HBCUs and minority-serving institutions. These are the ways to begin to adjust the emerging geography of this economy before it's locked in. So I think this is a really important time right now. Safan, I know you work on the challenges of building inclusive local economies. And right now we have high levels of inequality based on geography as well as other factors. Is AI going to increase geographic inequality? I mean, Mark already has mentioned AI as a case of what he calls the digital rich getting richer. How can we make sure that is not the case? Dara, that's a great question. It is certainly a possible scenario to the extent that the immediate rewards of AI are now extremely concentrated in just a handful of metro areas. But to be sure, as what we have observed from history, the earliest stage of new technology development are often specially concentrated near the site of key innovations. But then as the technology matures and you know, as more solutions become commercialized, the benefits usually become more spread out. Now, what we are seeing in the geography of AI is that it is still at this very early stage where a few superstars have established their first mover status, generated extreme market concentration, and have raised the stakes for other places to catch up. So the question is, when would that diffusion happen and what cities could do to get ready for that or even make that diffusion happen faster? I think this is a key question we discussed throughout this report. So Mark just talked about the importance of federal efforts in channeling AI knowledge into a wide range of local economies. And I just want to mention two additional points. First, the Bay Area's dominance underscores its responsibility to assume a leadership role in bringing a more geographically distributed AI economy. It is still not too late for a lot of the companies that based a Bay Area to distribute their business units, investments, and talents more widely into regions across the country and build a more decentralized, diverse, and inclusive AI industry for the United States. And the second point is just for all the other regions, the bottom line is it is critical to have a AI strategy that makes sure you're prepared for a pivotal transition. So in the report, we call for all metros to assess their positioning, their assets and capacities in the industries. We think that should be the first step to make sure they're ready for the upcoming AI transition. Well, you have fascinating results and great data. 
cities are going to love seeing how they are doing and how they compare to other uh, places around the country. So I want to thank Mark and Sifan for sharing their thoughts with us today. At Brookings, we write regularly about AI and digital technologies. You can find more information on our Brookings Tech Tank blog located at brookings.edu. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Tech Tank a series of roundtable discussions and interviews with technology experts and policymakers. For more conversations like this, subscribe to the podcast and sign up to receive the Tech Tank newsletter for more research and analysis from the Center for Technology Innovation at Brookings.